Hello, Four Star Nation, and welcome to a special Sports Talk Monday night from the Four Star Crew. Got myself, Wes Pruitt, Nathan Wilson, Brandon Baumgartner in the house tonight. We are presented by BA Mask. They are forging the future of face masks, hockey, football, wear what the pros wear. Go to BAMask.com for more information. Alan McFerrin and company do an amazing job. Uh... Man, so today's Monday. Uh, we, I guess I guess we can play a little Monday night quarterback. If you want to go there? Um, let's talk a little bit about all the things that went on this weekend. Of course, there was a numerous uh, different things that happened. Let's start with Phil Mickelson at fifty years old walks away with the PGA Championship over the weekend uh, was absolutely an amazing feat. Uh, Phil just fought and fought and fought and fought. Um, I think it was maybe perhaps one of the greatest major performances of all time. Um, Tiger winning the Masters back in the day is tough to beat to me. Uh, it was a 2019. I say back in the day, hosting two years. 2019 Tiger winning it was up there, man. But I don't know. I think this may overtake it. What about you, Nathan? I mean, it, it's big. Be, being in your 50s and doing and accomplishments and you know doing something like that. That's that's a big thing. To me, uh, I I didn't get to keep up with it too much this year, but I did see the highlights of you know when they announced that he won. And I went back and seen him just like, dude, this guy's in his 50s cranking, <laughs> you know, making it look easy out there. So, you know, props to him, man. Way to go. Congratulations on the win. Brandon, how do you feel about Phil? It's an extremely impressive feat um, that he accomplished. Being 50 years old and winning a high major golf tournament is – I mean, it's nearly impossible. Nobody's ever done it. Uh, so it is virtually impossible. But to piggyback on your Tiger Woods, 20, nothing beats Tiger Woods winning the 2019 Masters, coming back from all that. Phil has been healthy the whole time. Um, the guy, like, I don't know why people always count Phil out when he's doing something. Um, the guy's the consistent golfer. He's been golfing for 30 years. He's won – a major in three different decades. People aren't talking about that. And to win at this part of a course, it's the longest course they've ever played in the PGA. The ocean course out there in South Carolina. Um, beautiful course. It, it was, oh, it was mm-hmm. beautiful. It'd be brutal to play, though. Oh, but to see him <laughs> shoot, what do you shoot? Was it six or seven under? Um, was, was just really, really cool. And, you know, the rest of the field really – uh, other than like Brooks Kepka and Louis Oosthuizen, it really wasn't that close. Uh, Phil took a 36-hole lead on Friday and just didn't look back. Now, I will say that Brooks Kepka is basically playing on one leg yeah. from his knee injury. And for him to finish second and the way that he finished second, and I know he was angry about it, but like the guy's playing hurt and still finished second in the major. Uh, he's gonna, Brooke Kepka is gonna be around for a long time, and he could be absolutely be the next Phil Mickelson. He's already got a couple majors under his belt, but yeah, I think Phil was just 
was awesome this weekend, and I think it's really good for golf when you don't have a guy like Tiger Woods out there on the course to help get the exposure that you need for golf. Well, that your second biggest name is Phil Mickelson. And Phil Mickelson won a major tournament at 50 years old, and that's going to get you viewers, and a lot of people are going to tune in. So congratulations to Phil. Oh, most definitely. And just to piggyback what off of what you just said, I think it's great for the game of golf. Uh, if you look at all the viewership that that tournament had, I mean, you know what I mean? Once once Twitter started going nuts about, okay, Phil's, Phil's doing something here, uh, I mean, if, I guarantee you, you go back and look at the at the viewer ratings, and that PGA tournament was viewed on ESPN and CBS, uh, most definitely. Uh, I think it's great for the game of golf uh, with Tiger Woods being out. Uh, I completely agree, Brandon. You bring, you know, you have a guy like Phil Mickelson that can um, can can come in and keep the game, you know, relevant. Uh, I think that helps a lot. Um, when you look at uh, the game of golf, um, I, I just think it's a it's a sport that I mean I enjoy watching it personally. Uh, I enjoy playing it. I'm not great, but I try. Um, but it's amazing to me how athletic these guys really are, Nathan. Uh, it it I mean the workouts that these guys these guys have to do. I mean I was looking I was reading an article that Phil Mickelson said that he fasts for like three days before a tournament or something. I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, I, I'll tell you this much, Wes. I mean, dude, come think about it. If I would have known golf, you make this much money in golf, even if you lose. Dude, I would have I would have tried to play golf more. <laughs> I would have actually gave it a shot. I mean, golf, golf is a fun sport. You know, being there is a lot better. You know, just the atmosphere and everything. And But, you know... But but it's like y'all said before, you know, Tiger Woods not being there, you know, and everybody knows the PGA it's uh, it's Tiger, you know, that's that's a lot a lot of people you know come to watch. But to see Field go out there and do his thing and you know, and and come around and win it, I mean, it's just an amazing thing to me. Sorry guys, I was having technical problems. Oh, you're good, man. Um, yeah, most most definitely. I agree with everything that, that's been said uh, as far as Phil Mickelson is concerned. And, I, and I'm uh, and very excited to hear that I believe he's coming to Memphis to play in the uh, – is it still the St. Jude tournament? It, uh, the the FedEx, FedEx, whatever it is. FedEx St. Jude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing. Um, I've, I've heard that he's coming to play in that, so that will be very cool. I'm sure that will get a lot of people out there for that tournament. And, and that's a great tournament. Uh, everything about that tournament is first class. <laughs> um, let's move over to the NBA playoffs. Uh, I know the team that everybody wants to talk about to begin with, but uh, we're going to hold off on them. Um, that was a great game, by the way. Uh, but when you look at the NBA playoffs, uh, Brandon, give me a team out of the East that is not a top-ranked team that may be a sleeper to win it? Out of the East? Yes, sir. There's not really one. Brooklyn's the only team that I – Brooklyn's the team to beat. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody else in, in the East that's going to contend. When you have two MVPs, hypothetically three, even though Kyrie's never won one, right. nobody's beating them. Uh, that they, they looked back <coughs> the first half, then they – 
completely dominated the Celtics in the second half. It wasn't even close. I honestly think that the East isn't even – like, they, they shouldn't even play the Eastern Conference because the, the Nets are just going to walk to it. Now, the one upset that I did kind of find interesting, and this matchup is – nobody really expected these teams to be here right now, but Atlanta and New York. Um, yeah. Uh, Atlanta upsetting New York when Madison Square Garden was basically like basically sold out. The Mecca was just popping. It was really cool to watch. Um, but you know, I, I think that the the Knicks and the Hawks series is probably the most intriguing right now because neither of these teams were supposed to be here to begin with. Yeah. And watching the Hawks. Uh, win last night in the in the fashion that they did. I mean, Trey Young had the entire Madison Square Garden treating chanting F you at him. <laughs> it was it was wild. Yeah. Um and then he embraced it the way he did. It was like, I missed that. That's what we wanted in basketball. I'm glad that's back. And it was just a really cool series. That's a series that I'm definitely going to keep my eye on. Now, I will say I'm watching this Milwaukee and Miami Heat game, and if Milwaukee plays anything like they are right now, then they're the only team that I will consider to be able to contend against the Nets because they are on fire tonight. Let me ask you this when it comes to the Knicks. We just said, uh, talking about golf, that Phil Mickelson is good for golf when he's playing well. Do you believe that it's good for the NBA when the New York Knicks are playing well. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Basketball, New York's a basketball city. There's so many, I've, I've been lucky enough to go up to New York. There's so many, then it, it's basically, if you put your teams out there, as far as the professional teams in New York city, it's number one, the New York Yankees, number two, the New York Knicks. And it's not even close. Um, so to see the city of New York after what the hell that they've gone through the last year, you know, be able to celebrate their team um, to making the playoffs, even though even though they lost the other night, I think it's still going to be a competitive series. It, it's really nice to see them get back to normal uh, at, along with the rest of the country. But, yeah, it, there's no question. It's better for basketball when the New York Knicks are good. Unfortunately, I'm not old enough to have seen them when they were good. You know, uh, I saw them. I saw them in the Carmelo years when they were decent. They really didn't do anything. But I didn't see Patrick Ewing play. I didn't see uh, guys like that. You know, it, uh, when they were making their runs in the East and going to the finals and stuff like that. So I really want to see what New York City's like when they make a run for uh, a true run for a championship. And speaking of the Knicks. You know, now that they're the four seed uh, and they're kind of drawing interest to people, I think that uh, they're going to be able to pick up a free agent of some sort. You know, it's been a little Mm -hmm. bit for them. They thought they were going to get Kevin Durant. They thought they were going to get LeBron James. They thought they were going to get everybody else. It's a very intriguing place for a, a... like an A-list free agent to go to now because it's New York, you know. Uh, it's the media capital of the world. 
And if you get to play for the Knicks, a storied franchise like that, and have Spike Lee sitting courtside, uh, chirping at you and everything like that, I mean, it, it it's pretty it's pretty rare company that that happens. Any the only other place I can think of that happening is the Lakers, you know. But yeah, the the, the it's very good for basketball when the New York Knicks are good. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> We're talking about the Knicks game uh, with Atlanta. Uh, Trey Young shut the crowd up the other night. At least he thought he did anyway. Um, Nathan, talking about the Atlanta Hawks, uh, would you like to see Trey Young and company get the end up getting the series win over the Knicks, or would you rather see Tom Thibodeau uh, and the Knicks get the win? I, I love him as a coach, by the way. I mean, look. I really <laughs> I, I agree with what Brandon said. After everything the Knicks has gone through, dude, you got to understand losing seasons, you know, back to back, you know, just awful. For them to come out, make the playoff and everything, and then the, the fans come out, they show their support. You know, New York is crazy, dude. New York is, you know, the atmosphere was crazy. And for them to come out and support the Knicks like they did, dude, I mean – I got, I got to go for the Dicks. I, I mean, Trey Young and Atlanta, they're good and all. You know, I ain't taking nothing away from them. But, uh, but yeah, give me the Knicks, man. I, I, want the, I want to see the Knicks move on to the next round. I'd love to see that and just see how, how, I mean, just the atmosphere in New York and how it turns out for them. Especially yeah. if they beat the Falcons. Uh, not the Falcons, I'm sorry, the Hawks. So, yeah. The other Atlanta bird team. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, when you and, and and just to piggyback off what you said, Brandon, uh, I think I completely agree with you, and I was actually going to make that point uh, that I believe that the New York Knicks are going to be a landing spot for, I would say, more possibly maybe not primo, primo free agent, but I think they can land a primo, primo, and then maybe get a middle man, you know, medium rare uh, free agent. Um, that can make this team even better. I think Devin Booker is leaving the Suns to go to the Knicks. Now, that would that, be awesome. It, that would be nice. That would be a very nice addition to that team. That that would definitely be a big big thing for them to get Booker. That would be very especially nice. especially with the way Booker's playing Booker's right now. Playing. <laughs> well, segue into that. So the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think I have a chance to beat the L.A. Lakers. Does anybody else disagree with that statement? I mean, I ain't disagreeing with anything. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Bum? I disagree. Um, the Lakers are absolutely going to be in the Western Conference Finals. They just got to get the chemistry back. I know a lot of people don't like LeBron. I love LeBron's game. I don't like the way he cries on the floor for 80 seconds when he gets poked in the eye. Uh, but last last night he did land on his shoulder pretty heavy. But it was kind of funny because a scuffle broke out in the middle of that, <coughs> landed on his shoulder. And, you know, LeBron's just he, – he loves the attention. So he gets up, walks over to the area where the scuffle was, grabbing his shoulder, screaming in pain, ah, oh, ah, oh, my shoulder. And I mean, like, I'm not taking away from his game. Like, the dude's the greatest I've ever watched the game, uh, seen play the game. But 
it's funny that he gets all the attention on the floor, and then when he gets hurt, he gets all that attention too. Um, but like, no, he. Uh, I don't see the Lakers losing uh, until at least maybe the Western Conference Finals. I think they're going to make a run there. But it's and it's because they're the the defending champs. Anthony Davis is going to get it together. He's not going to get punked like he did against DeAndre Hayden yesterday. Uh, there's no, there's no way. I just, I just don't see the Lakers not making the Western Conference Finals. It, I, when listen, we're talking about LeBron here. LeBron James always makes a run. He could have his back up against the wall, down three-one, like he did against the Warriors, and he's still going to make a run. It's LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, LeBron's tough, man. You know, I I think he's probably one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen playing the game. Um, all right, we're already on the Western Conference. Let's go ahead and get into it, the game that I know, well, really all three of us want to talk about. So the number one Utah Jazz, uh, not your Carl Malone, John Stockton, Jay Hornacek Jazz, new, new blood Jazz, uh, went up against the number eight, seed Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the Grizzlies, no pun intended, had to claw their way into the playoffs. Like a little play on words there. Um, when you look when you look at the Grizzlies, Brandon, I'll let you go first. Nathan, you go when he get when he gets done. Uh, when you look at the Grizzlies, Brandon, Dylan Brooks had a hell of a basketball game the other night. John Morant just is a beast. Uh, Valanchunas is a animal down low. Um, where's the, uh, I didn't see a flaw in that game against the Jazz. Did you? There's a couple. Um, we have to learn how to close a big lead, but this team's young. And that's the thing. This team is ignorant. And I mean that in a good way. They have no business being where they are right now, up 1-0 against a an experienced jazz team. That's a number one seed, but this team's so young. They do not know any better and they don't quit. That's the one thing I'll say about this Memphis Grizzlies team. <laughs> I've watched countless other games and no, this is not me speaking as a Grizzlies fan. I know a lot of people are going to say that I've watched countless other games of other teams in the NBA this year. This Memphis Grizzlies team does not quit. They could be down 50 and they would cut it to 25. They could be down 25 and come back and win. Now, yes, they're still growing. They're learning how to hold on to those leads. But when you're learning how to hold on to those leads in the playoffs and in the play-in, come on, man. The future, the future of this team has just skyrocketed. Like I said, we have no business being here at all. And we're here. And you're here because of a second-year point guard who's an absolute superstar and a fourth-year shooting guard who everybody wanted, wanted to be traded in January. Yeah. The, guys, the, the guys have just hit a different switch. And I'm going to make a bold claim right here. If Marcus Gasol had half the balls that Jonas Valanciunas has <laughs> – Mark Gasol would have been one of the greatest centers to ever play the game. No doubt. Don't get me wrong. I love Mark. But Jonas Valanciunas has that Zach Randolph baller mentality. And when you get down there in the mud with him, you're not going to get out because he's not going to let you out. He punked Rudy Gobert last night. 
Oh, yeah. Excuse my language, but defensive player of the year, my ass. <laughs> Jonas Valanciunas is a whole man, and he's one guy I wouldn't want to get down there with. It's ridiculous, man. Like I said, we have no business being here, but this team is so young, they don't know anybody. Yeah. And I'm not trying to rant. This is a good rant, by the way. This is me excited <laughs> about the projection of the Memphis Grizzlies. Four or five years from now, I honestly think if you keep this core around, hey, and I I also have to shout out my boy Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson is an X factor out there. He might be the slowest player on the floor. He might be the slowest player in the league. But the guy's length and his experience. Long as that, hell. that foul <laughs> last night. That foul last night on Royce O'Neal with what? I think it was like 20-something seconds. Yeah. When we were up three. And they absolutely were going to come down there and shoot a three. Because they uh, Bogdanovich had gotten hot. I think it's the mentality. I mean, like I said, Kyle Anderson has the experience, unlike other guys on this team. He knows what he's doing. He understands what he's doing. And I really, really think that this Memphis Grizzlies team is going to upset the Utah Jazz. And I don't give a crap if Donovan Mitchell touches the floor. The guy hasn't played nearly two months. So just get ready. Get ready because the Grizzlies are here, and they're here for good. Hold on one second, Nathan. All right, so I was watching uh, on uh, lunch today. I was watching a little bit of ESPN. Uh, I typically do that every day just for the viewers. I think y'all care to know what Westbrook does on his lunch break. Um, but anyway, um, Kendrick Perkins made a statement today regarding the Grizzlies. He said the Grizzlies are not worried – if Donovan Mitchell ever sniffs the floor, they just got through locking up. Let me just say this real quick, talking about Dylan Brooks. He had Seth Curry on <laughs> double lockdown. Yep. I mean, Seth Curry could not breathe without Donovan Mitchell breathing back at him. Right. Um, that is a undervalued player. I, I'm telling you, I mean, I just like Brandon just said, they wanted to get his butt out of there. I almost said something I shouldn't have. They wanted to get his butt out of there in January. Everybody on social media was hollering, screaming, get him gone. Don't even care who you bring in. Just get him gone. Look at him now. Shining like a freaking diamond in the playoffs when it counts. But Kenny Perkins said today, this Grizzlies team ain't scared of the Jazz. This Grizzlies team is not worried about – they don't even see that that number one next to their name. Wes, they're not scared of anybody. That's no, the they're not. They're not scared of anybody. And that's the scary part about this Grizzlies team. And like I said, and I don't mean to overtake what you're talking about, but like I said, they have no business being here and they have no idea – like uh, that they 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 don't aren't supposed to be there and i like it that way cuz we're the underdog and we're the team that everybody's looking like oh we don't want to play them well l- let me just go ahead and say this after that uh warriors game look i i even called me and brandon talked on the phone about it and Gra- grace and allen coming in to that game and hitting those threes like he did 
I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of it, but after that, I'm just like, dude, you got to give the man props. I mean, Brandon's right. He, uh, people might have, you know, something to say about him, but, dude, when he gets over there and shoots a three, you can't hate him for it, dude. He's good at what he does. <coughs> but not just that, but Morant even said after that game with the Warriors, they're not afraid, dude. They're here to compete. They're going to come out ready to go for each team. They're, You know, they're ready to go. I mean, it's a young squad, and you know, uh, and I hope, I hope they keep going and playing the way they're playing because I mean, dude, it, it, they they can be really. They, to me, the Grizzlies right now are their underdog. Everybody knows that they fought their way to get where they're at. They went through the Spurs, and then went through the uh, went through Seth Curry and them. The Warriors, I mean, and got where they're at. And I, I'm sure a lot of people out there that are listening to this, I mean, they're probably saying even when the game won against the Jazz, everybody was saying, well, that's as far as they're going to go, you know. But they shocked everybody by beating the Jazz the way they did. They came out, I'm telling you right now, if the Grizzlies continue this, what they're doing, and that goes for Giannis and all them playing, uh, I mean, dude, this this is a Grizzly team that I think a lot of people is excited to see and is ready to see how how far they can go in this tournament and what damage they can do. Because I I mean, this is <laughs> you, you don't get no better than this. Because I man. I know people that had their doubts about them, but man, look look at them now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. Uh, here's here's my thing with this Grizzlies team. I love the coach, number one, man. He seems to make almost, at times, great decisions in-game. And maybe I'm seeing something somebody else is not. But I feel well, like he's well, lucky to have a job right yeah, now. Yeah, he's lucky. Because me and Fran were talking about this. During the Warriors game, when uh, when they called us on that foul, that three-pointer, three dude, you can see clearly – the guy reached his leg out and everything. It, and for them and for us not to go out there and challenge that, that was oh that was big, dude. And we got I will you know. say, I will say though, Taylor Jenkins, yes, Wes, Taylor Jenkins X and O's wise, he's gonna outduel you because he comes from the Greg Popovich school of thought. He was an intern for the Spurs. That's that was his first NBA job. Um he coached under Mike Bootenholzer in Milwaukee for some years, who's also a great, touted head coach. But, yeah, I agree with you. Like, Taylor Jenkins is one heck of a basketball coach. But when it comes to challenging calls, he might be the worst, the worst in NBA history. And I know the challenge has only been around, I think it's the second year now. Yeah. But, like, you – you can't, I mean, there's no, there was no loss if you if you challenge that call. It was so late in the game. The Grizzlies still had two timeouts. There's no reason for you not to challenge that call. Now, we don't have to talk about it now because the Grizzlies are the team in the playoffs. They've won a playoff game against the Jazz. And as I said, Wes, you were correct. The guy X and O's wise is awesome. Uh, I, I can't argue that at all. He's been really, really good. And I do think, like, so he had a out-of-timeout play last night where Dylan Brooks just drove straight to the basket. He drew that up beautifully. 
nobody thought the Grizzlies were going to the basket. They thought we were going to dribble off the clock and try to shoot free throws. And we know our history with free throws as far as Memphis sports teams. Oh, um, so seeing Taylor Jenkins draw up that play to dupe the Jazz and for the Grizzlies to clinch the win last night was beautiful. And I do owe him a, an apology for that one because he's been – He's been very good the last few games, other than the challenge calls. Well, and I mean, here's my thing. If you're the Grizzlies organization and you see what he has done with Ja Morant, just to start with, um, and then you, you got Dylan Brooks, you know, you've got uh, other young pieces around him. Um I feel like he's a guy that can stick around, maybe stick with the Grizzlies a little bit, and maybe get a little bit of a tenure going with them. Um, and but secondly, I feel like, and I'm not being a homer. I don't want anybody out there to think I'm being a homer when I say this, but um, I really, honestly feel like this Grizzlies team can make a a, a run. Like a legit run in this playoffs if they can keep playing like they are. Now, albeit, yes, I understand it's been one game. I get that. But if they continue to play grit, well, really not. Really, the Grizzlies have been in playoff mode for about the past month. But um, if they can, can can continue to play like they are, this Grizzlies team is going to be really, really, really nasty. Four-star sports show brought to you by B.A. Masks. Reach out to BAMask.com. Alan McFerrin and company do an amazing job uh, creating uh, custom face masks. You can create your own. You can actually go to BAMask.com and create your own face mask. Uh, Justin Tuck, amongst others, are big proponents of BA Mask. BAMask.com. BA, at BAMask on social media. Thank you uh, once again to Alan McFerrin and company. They are our title Sponsor on this show. Also on our website, fourstarsportshow.live. We've got a little page on there set up directly, strictly for BA masks. You can also find our podcast episodes and the articles that our team has written. <clears throat> uh, Brandon, when you look at the NBA playoffs as a whole, uh, we've, we've talked about the Brooklyn Nets and just how good they are. Um, Give me, uh, give me, give me a prediction for the NBA playoffs. Not as a homer, as a realistic fan. Okay. Um, here, I'm going to pull up the bracket real quick, and I'll go through each individual matchup and tell you who I think is going to win. I do. Uh, I do think that it's a very interesting playoffs this year. Um, now that you're starting to get fans back into the stadiums and everything like that, I, I do enjoy that. I think that it's really nice. Some of these teams are going to have true home court advantage. I know the Grizzlies have bumped it up to approximately 10,000 people at their games. The Jazz had 13,000. Like I mentioned, the Knicks had a ton. All right, I got the bracket up now. I'll go through each individual. Job. I'm not going to harp on it. I'm just going to give you a prediction of who I think will win each series. Right, right, right. Um, so I'll start with the East. Uh, Philly leads the series one nothing. I don't see any reason for them to lose to the uh, the Wizards. I just don't. I, I don't think the Wizards' firepower is there. Uh, I know they have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, but uh, 
the 76ers are the number one seed for a reason. I think New York's going to get Atlanta back. I think that they will beat Atlanta in the end in this series. Uh, like I said, and Wes said, it's good for basketball when the Knicks are good. Um, <laughs> the Bucks are just spanking the Heat tonight. They're going to be up 2-0. Milwaukee's going to walk to the second round, I think. I wouldn't say walk. The Heat are a very tough team, but the Bucks are just so good right now with Giannis and Chris Middleton. It's hard to beat. Brooklyn's going to stomp Boston. It won't even be close. Uh, I'm going to start from the 2-7 matchup in the West. I think the Lakers end up getting it done. Like I said, LeBron's had his back against the wall countless amount of times. He's just that type of guy. I think he wins that series. Portland's leading the Nuggets series. I don't see that lasting very long. I think that uh, Denver's going to come out swinging, uh, I believe, tonight. Yeah, they play tonight at 9.30. I think Denver's going to even that series up, and they're going to end up winning that series in six games. The Dallas Mavericks beat the L.A. Clippers pretty handily. And Luka Doncic is just – He's sick. Yeah, that's the only way you can describe him. Um, I don't see him losing I, well, this series. I see them losing a couple games. I think it'll go set six or seven. But I think the Mavericks are going to win. And right now, the team with all the momentum in the NBA playoffs is the Memphis Grizzlies. And like Kendrick Perkins said, and everybody's going to be like, oh, you're being a homer. No, I'm not being a homer right now. Like Wes said, I'm not being a homer. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to upset the Utah Jazz to play the Mavericks in the the quarter or the com, uh, the conference semifinals, and that's going to be one hell of a matchup because every time the Grizzlies and Mavs played this year, it was a close close game. Luca won one game on a buzzer beater. The Grizzlies destroyed the Mavericks and won one game. One of the the Grizzlies have won eight of their last nine games. And one of those games was to the Mavericks. Um, that's a very fun series between Ja and uh, Luca. Yeah, it is. I, I think it could be. So I do see the Grizzlies upsetting the Utah Jazz in six games. I think they're going to win all three games at home. I think we might drop game two on Wednesday. And, but if we don't, I think the Grizzlies could win in five. Honestly, it, 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 it's just everything's – the ball's on the Grizzlies' court right now. So, yep, I got – I'll review it. I got the 76ers, the Knicks, the Bucks, the Nets, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, and the Lakers. Those are my teams moving on to the next round. Nathan, when you look at this Memphis Grizzlies team – um, give us something that you feel like makes this team so deadly besides the fact that they don't quit because that's just well evident. Not just what, with what Brandon was saying, but just watching them. I think it's, uh, I mean, the fact they attack the boards, man. Uh, they get in there, uh, Giannis goes down, he gets those rebounds. I mean, he fights. If, if anybody out there, you know, I'm not being a homer either. I'm not, you know, or anything, but if you sit and watch Giannis down there, down low, down the post, he fights, buddy. And he don't get, he, there's, there's no quitting him down there. It, it, 
you know, he's going to get that rebound. He's going to, or he's going to, you know, fight, fight till he can't, you know. But I think, you know, the defense looks great. Um, that's one thing, I mean, like, you, like Wes, you were covering earlier about the uh, Brooks on uh, Curry. I mean, he shut down oh. Curry, dude. He mm-hmm. shut him down. And they had stats, and I wish I had the stats for it, for where other teams compared to what uh, Brooks did. It was a big difference. Uh, But I think that's what makes this uh, Grizzly team such a powerhouse. I mean, they attack the boards. uh, Fast breaks when they can get them. Uh, They try to get a little up-tempo a few times. but I think it's all down the post. I mean, Giannis is down there working his ass off, trying either trying to get the ball uh, or trying to rebound and everything. So, I mean that that's that's my takeaway for this uh, Grizzly team is if if you're gonna have a if you're gonna come at them, you gotta be ready and get down and try to get that rebound because I mean, Giannis, <coughs> Anderson, and all of them are gonna go down and get it. Even even. Morant, I mean Morant, he'll break into, he'll 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 do a little, he'll break right to the basket, you know, and you gotta give him credit when he does. When he takes it to the basket, he's gonna score. That is his intention to score. He's not. A lot of times he'll dish it out, but most of the times he makes plays that everybody just sits back and they're like, "Wow, how did he do that?" You know. So you gotta just give it up that Grizzly team for their. Uh, the way their defense is and the way they just they just don't give up the ball too easily. Speaking of uh, wow, how did you do that? It's a great segue into our next topic. We're going to talk a little college baseball. <clears throat> uh, SEC's got Hoover going on this week. Speaking of it, wow, how did you do that? The Arkansas Razorbacks went through the entire season and did not lose a series. Uh, I find that absolutely insane. Uh, I mean, none, not a single one. I, I mean, it's just, that's very impressive. Dave Van Horn and company has done an amazing job. But <clears throat> I do want to talk about something that uh, on the negative side for the Arkansas Razorbacks that happened over the weekend, um, senior outfielder uh, Grayson Webb was – Arrested on Dixon Street, public intoxication roughly around 2 a.m. Uh, around Yancey's hot dog stand. Anyone that's been on Dixon, I would assume you know where that is. I do not. I know my wife does. Um, but, Brandon, when you look at this incident, uh, according to the police report that I read, it's not good, man. Not good at all. Um if you're Dave Van Horn, how do you approach this? Is he out just conference, or is he done for the year? You bench him. Uh, for how long? You got to. Yeah, you, you put him on the bench. Uh, heck, he might not be on the team anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a young kid. He's celebrating winning the SEC championship. I understand that aspect, but there's no reason okay. for you to go out there and get arrested. Right. Uh, Another famous person who's been arrested in Fayetteville, Arkansas, is Baker Mayfield. Yep. Uh, same thing. He did the same thing. Exact same thing. So, uh, those uh, those guys out there in uh, Fayetteville, I guess the cops out there don't play, which they absolutely should not. They should take their job seriously, and we absolutely support 
our police uh, and law enforcement on this show. Oh, but no, uh, it, it's it, it's it's just a kid doing d- dumb stuff, you know. Yeah, it happens everywhere. Now people do deserve a second chance. I didn't see the incident report. I don't know what happened exactly, but you know what? There are repercussions for what you do. <clears throat> and speaking as a young adult myself, I've done stupid things, but I've never put myself in position to be arrested. Thank the Lord for that. But I do think that this kid, he doesn't have any excuse. He's, I know he's celebrating the SEC championship. I get that part. But you're the number one, the number one team in the country. You have to be smarter than what you have to think about what you're doing, you know, especially having a chance to win a college world series. And possibly, possibly moving on to the next level as a professional baseball player. Exactly. Major league teams are going to look at that and be like, "Oh, we don't want that in our locker room," you know. And it it pains me to say that for this kid because nobody knows what. Well, I, I don't know exactly what happened. I'm sure people do know what happened, but it pains me to say that for this kid because he had a, he has a future ahead of him, you know, and. You just can't do stupid stuff in these situations. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, guys. That's it. But here's the thing, and this is just from what I've been told. Uh, if you get arrested on Dixon Street, you're causing a scene. Like, they, they'll they they'll pretty well let you kind of walk through there feeling pretty good, whatever. But for you to get cuffed, you got to be really, really, uh, as Shaq would say, shacked in a fool, uh, to get to get thrown in jail uh, off of Dixon. It uh, sounds like to me it's very similar to like a Bill Street, uh, Bourbon Street, somewhere, something, something to that extent. Uh, but now when you're on the flip side of that, now when you look at the Arkansas Razorback baseball team, of course, they're the number one team uh, in the country uh, for a reason. They're really, really, really good. Uh, been the number one, unanimous number one team for seven straight weeks now. I think this week makes eight. Uh, but – uh, you got Hoover coming up. Uh, Dave Van Horn has come out and said numerous times he's really not worried about the conference tournament. Always worried about it's Omaha. So you're probably going to see a lot of pitchers being thrown, things of that nature, from Arkansas. But um, does this affect the psyche of that team, Nathan? Or do you think they just go on as business as usual? I I, I think they're going to go on as business as usual. I mean, things like this, it, it happens. I mean, young kid coming in. I mean, you win, I mean, I get it. You you win the SEC championship or the SEC. You you know you 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 get that good feeling. You know y'all number one. All this. You know I get it. But I think that this team. I think what he's going to do is he's going to tell his team. You know, they're going to take take that mindset out. They're going to focus on the tournaments. They're going to focus on getting to Omaha. I think that's the big thing that he that uh. That, that coach is telling his players, you know, uh, after that incident, you know, it's happened, it's it's done. There ain't nothing you can do about it that's going to change it or anything. So the best thing for you to do, focus on this tournament, focus on the SEC tournament, focus on Omaha. Because, like Arkansas, for instance, you know, 
I, I'd love to see Arkansas win the SEC championship. I really do. And, I, and they, have, they have the team to do it. So, and whoever fills in for this guy to come in and play and, you know, play his spot, he's got some shoes to fill. So, I think, you know, that he's going to – the coach is also going to, you know, give guys the opportunity to come out and play. So, yeah. it's all – at the end of the day, it's all about how, how bad do you want it, you know. I mean, are you going to let this little incident mess up your whole season? Are you just going to put it in the past where it belongs, focus on Omaha, focus on the SC Championship, and take care of business like they've been doing this whole, you know, this whole season? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, you know, when you look at this Arkansas team, I mean, I, honestly, I don't, I don't see them winning the SEC Championship just because it's not a – it's not like a notch on the belt type of deal. You know what I mean? Like they won the outright season, but I think they're just trying to get ready for Omaha. Now, when you look at this, this SEC tournament, um, give me a team, Brandon, that you think, uh, and I'm, I have a feeling I know who you're going to say, but <laughs> give me a team that you think uh, is a team to look out for, not named Arkansas um, to win the SEC tournament. A team not named Arkansas. There we go. Oh, I already that's, know which one that, hey, that's pretty tough. <laughs> that's pretty tough, but it's really not. Mississippi Same, State's going to win the SEC tournament. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was you coming. You want to know why they're going to win the SEC tournament? Because if you give them a lead and Landon Sims gets on that mound in the ninth inning, nobody – and I don't care if they're a major league baseball player is hitting that kid. He is the nastiest pitcher that I have seen in college baseball in a long time. Mississippi State's also hot right now. Yeah, they are. Uh, side note: Dylan Carlson just made a diving catch in uh, left field, and it was beautiful for the St. Louis Cardinals. But yes, as I said, Landon Sims, oh, that kid. He could he could be on a major league team right now and close, and nobody would hit him. It's ridiculous. His slider moves like eight feet. It's it's crazy. Um, and then you have guys like Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan leading this Mississippi State team. They are they're on fire right now. And I, I now state's not known to win the SEC tournament a lot. They do usually win in the Super Regional and move on to Omaha. But Arkansas is the only t- – uh, you said give you a team other than Arkansas. Right. State's the only other team that I could see winning this tournament than Arkansas. I don't think Tennessee's built for the moment. I know Tennessee's good. Man, I don't think that. they're built for the moment. I don't think Ole Miss is built for the moment. No. I, I mean, I just don't see anybody else. I think you're probably going to uh, maybe Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is out there too. They're pretty good, but also like Vandy tends to choke when they yeah. when, when they're when they're there. You know, <laughs> now they have they have won a College World Series in recent years, so it's not like they've never been there before. But yeah, right. that Mississippi State team is just nasty all the way from their starting pitching to their bullpen. But when you get into that bullpen in the ninth inning or the eighth inning, and you have Landon Sims on that mound. And you need at least one run to win this game or tie the game. It's not happening. I'm sorry, guys. It do- just doesn't happen. I haven't seen a kid with that much intensity come out of the mound. It's like watching Major League. 
and seeing okay. Wild Thing come out of the come out of the the bullpen, man. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's intimidating. You're like Wild Thing. Yeah, I mean, like, come on now, Landon Wild Thing Sims. The audio clips that we create are just amazing, pure amazing. BA Mask is our sponsor. Once again, BA Mask is our sponsor. Go, go to BAMask.com. Alan McFerrin and company do an amazing job. You can create your own face mask at BA Mask, Nathan. Did you know that? Create That's your own. Dope, that is, that, hey, that is BA. I can tell you that. That is BA. It's very. Hey, uh, yeah. Hey, uh, when you look at college baseball as a whole, Nathan, uh, give me a team not in the SEC that <laughs> Uh, that uh, is going to make a make some noise in this Omaha tournament. Man, you put me on the spot. Always uh, do, man. Always do. Always. Hey, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. It's like you're playing uh, third in the hot pocket. <laughs> right. Uh, no, but serious. Uh, man, if I had to pick somebody, maybe I'd have to go with the uh, the Big Twelve. You know, um, Texas, you know, Texas, yeah. Yeah, Texas, yeah. Texas, you know, all them. I'd have to go with the Big 12. I think the Big 12, I think, uh, you know, they can make a big run this season into Omaha. And it, I mean, it could be Texas, it could be Texas, it could be, you know, whoever. Yeah. And that's, that's beyond the SEC. But, you know, if you flip over and, you know, not to take anything away from the baseball, but if you flip up softball right now, you look at the girls' tournament right now. Oklahoma is dominating right now. Yes, they are. They are taking care of business over there. Alabama girls, uh, Montana Fouts just pitched her 300th strikeout, and she's still p- pitching. <laughs> That's crazy. But to go back, to go back to the into the men's baseball, I mean, dude, it's going to be. The road to Omaha is just going to be one of the things that you never know. Who. You know, we could sit here, we could talk, we could pick, you know, put our picks in. But, dude, we're, we're forgetting the underdogs. We're forgetting these teams that nobody even hears about. You know, yeah. I mean, I, guys, who remembers Rice? You know, the Rice yeah. Owls, how they how they oh, keep, yeah. made their trip, you know. Dude, it's, it's going to be – I mean, it's going to be fun. This is going to be a fun uh, – Fun tournament to watch when it, you know, after the after I get done with the conferences. Yeah, give me if I have to say out of conference of the SEC, I can't just pick any team, dude. I, I'm gonna have to go. Give me, give me Big Twelve. I think Big Twelve is gonna make a statement in this Omaha tournament. I think you know, somebody <laughs> out of the Big Twelve is gonna do something. Now, right, whether that be Texas or whoever. Yeah, Brandon. Two part question, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, move on to our last topic. Uh, okay. My question, Bum. You ready? Yes, sir. Rapid fire. First question: What the heck is wrong with LSU baseball? Second question: Will the head coach be fired? And do you agree? Um, I have no. It's clue ugly right now in Baton Rouge, man. Baseball right now in Baton Rouge is. I have ugly. no clue what's wrong with LSU baseball. They have players that are actually transferring. Um, which yeah. I've kind of found surprising. I guess the players just aren't bought into what the coach is trying to do out there. He's been there for 50 I, years. 
Um, I, that probably has something to do with it too, because your coach is only as good as your players. Uh, and I'm not saying their players aren't good, but I'm saying right. this coach has been there forever. And the game of baseball changes year to year. It's just like mm-hmm. ba- any other sport, basketball, football, anything. The game of baseball changes. It's kind of like Tony La Russa coaching your Chicago White Sox. He's an old school guy, you know. And these First place. these new, fresh, young, baby face white meat guys yeah. just don't. Um, they're, they're a little bit different, you know. A lot of times it uh, and does it's not harder, It's harder to connect with a kid when you're not accustomed to their culture or what they are doing outside of baseball. Um, and I, I, I don't see him at LSU next year. LSU is a baseball, national baseball powerhouse. And I don't understand what's going on there at all. So, yeah, I agree with you, Wes. I don't see him there next year. Um, and it's sad for him because he's been there for so long. But, man, like, uh, things got to change sometimes. And uh, that's just it, – it's time to move on, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's my thing with LSU. Um, number one, I mean, I think the coach is a little, quote, unquote, long in the tooth. Uh, um, but uh, you've got you to make changes. I mean, it's, it's not good down there. And the, that, that fan base in Baton Rouge – as we learned talking to Ron Higgins the other night, uh, they have expectations. And when those expectations are not met, uh, they get rather noisy down there in Baton Rouge. Um, I could see a uh, guy like the Tennessee coach maybe coming to, to uh, LSU um, just just for the sheer fact. I mean, he was at Arkansas. Um he, He's he's recruited the LSU or the Louisiana the, the state pretty heavy. LSU in Texas is pretty hot and heavy. He definitely recruited the state of Texas really well in Arkansas. I know. Um, and let's be honest, uh, what he's done at Tennessee uh, in the what two three years he's been there uh, has been pretty pretty daggum impressive. Um, I think he would he would probably make a jump. And that's just my opinion. <clears throat> uh, Brandon, Indianapolis 500, man. Does that does that excite you year in year out? Or are you? Oh yeah, Wes. I watch the Indy 500 every year. Um, now, IndyCar is not broadcast every weekend, so it's hard to keep up with it to an extent. But I try yeah. to do the best I can with it. I'm really excited because they're going to be in Nashville in August. Yeah. But yeah, I've. <laughs> I, I'm keeping up this year, you know. Being a NASCAR guy, I have to cheer for people from Team Penske and Team Ganassi just because mm-hmm. they're they're NASCAR guys. Scott Dixon won the pole, which was really cool to see. Um, and this race, it, I mean, it's a it's a American like just powerhouse thing, man. It's yeah. it's it's literally the Super Bowl of racing. And I know NASCAR fans are gonna hate me for saying it's not the Daytona 500. <laughs> but like you can't compare the two the Indy 500 and the Daytona 500 are just two different things and the Indy 500 like everybody knows what that is you could ask somebody what the Daytona 500 is and they might be like well I'm not really sure I think it might be a NASCAR race but everybody knows the Indy 500 is IndyCar yeah 
and it's raced at the Brickyard. And it's uh, it's coming up May 30th at 11 a or uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, so 10 a.m. our time. But it'll be really fun to watch. I think Scott Dixon's probably the favorite to win the race. I do like uh, I I do like the fact that uh, Alex Palou, who's also in Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, he he is second uh, to the pole. Him and Scott Dixon are both Chip Ganassi Racing guys. They both have one win on the season. They're uh, top two in the standings. So it's really exciting. Uh, I'm excited to tune in this weekend. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, I'm, I'm a wrestling fan, so uh, all elite wrestling has a pay-per-view this Sunday night. So you're going to be watching that for sure. But Indianapolis 500 this Sunday, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I flipped over to the qualifying. Uh, just take to, to, you know, kind of take a peek at it, watch it for a little bit. Those guys were screaming at 235 miles an hour around that track. Was I it's seeing crazy. that right, Brandon? Was that was I seeing that right, or was that? Yeah, you're you're right. Two hundred. Yes, you're right. I mean, and, and, and they weren't even touching the brake. It was just straight gas the whole way around the track. I mean, and then you take one guy doing that, and you take, you know, 30 more, uh, there's going to be some wrecks. Uh, the, what is the capacity? Do you know? Is it, is it full capacity? So that place is going to be rocking. Uh, I'm not completely sure of the capacity. You're right about how fast the cars go. They go around 225, which is just insane. To go at that speed with other cars around you on the track within a freaking quarter inch of where you are on the track, the smallest mistake could literally cost you your life. And others around like, you. Like, literally your life. Um, <laughs> so that's why these guys are professional drivers, and they get yeah. paid pretty well to do it. But, yeah, I'm really excited for this race uh, on the 30th. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I wish guys from NASCAR would kind of cross over into – um, into IndyCar a little bit more. You know, Tony Stewart's done it in the past. Yeah. Uh, I believe he got his start in IndyCar. Jimmy Johnson's racing in the IndyCar race in Nashville, which is really yep. exciting. Yep. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm just excited, man. You see fat cars go that fast. And also, when the Indy 500 comes around, it means it's Memorial Day weekend. It's time to get out, get out, get the grill out, barbecue, be around with your fa- friends and family. Yes. Uh, watch, watch some, watch some good racing and have a good time. Exactly, uh, Nathan. When you think about the Indy Five Hundred, uh, is it is it something that you that you've watched in the past? I mean, I can remember back in my day, as they like to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, not, you know, you, uh, young whippersnappers like bum down there. Um, when you look at, uh, I mean, I can remember the Mario Andretti's of the world, um, uh, many others, uh, that ran the Indy 500. Of course you kiss the bricks, you drink the milk, you pour the milk on you, you know, it, there's a whole routine after it's over with. Um, but, uh, it's, it's about as iconic and about as American tradition I would say as it gets. Uh, well, I mean, there's no events. But, uh, Nathan, when you look at the Indianapolis 500, man, 
Uh, does it excite you year in, year out? I mean, hearing about it, yes, it excites me. I mean, you, um, I travel a lot, so I actually passed the track a uh, few weeks ago, actually. So, you know, just the atmosphere, dude. I mean, people come out, even if you don't like the Indy, you know, 500 or anything like that, dude, still watch it. It's fun to watch. I mean, I can, I, I don't have no particular driver I'm a, I'm a fan of, that, I, but I love to watch it. I love the atmosphere of it. I love just, you know, I love to get, you know, to be at stuff like that and to be around the fans and how crazy it is. I mean, these cars, these guys are, like y'all said, professional drivers. I mean, dude, and going as fast as they do. And, they're, I mean, I, I ain't going to lie. And this, this might sound bad, but the wrecks. Dude, the wrecks are crazy too, man. It, it like that's, takes that's, the breath out of you. I mean, it does. Because you're sitting there like, oh, my God, dude. What, you know, yeah. stuff like that that you don't want to miss. But at the same time, you're worried about, you know, is he okay? You know, is, you know whatever. But I, I think, you know, the atmosphere of it, you know, it's great. Uh, being able to watch it, it's fun. And, you know, it's it's like uh, Brandon said. it's You know it's Memorial Day. You're going to be cooking out. People are going to be enjoying a cold one. And they're going to have a good time watching it, dude. And that that's that's what I love love about the uh, Indy 500. I mean, it, NASCAR and all that. So you know, it, it's going to be fun to watch. I can't. I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. I I do plan on watching it this year. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, uh, Wes. The so Indianapolis Motor Speedway holds 400,000 fans. Um, uh, they it's, they it's announced huge, about a month dude. ago. It's, they announced about a month ago that there's only going to be 135,000. Only 135,000. So, um, yeah, they're going to be at about 40% of their norm. But I can promise you there's going to be a ton of people there. Well, I, I, I can tell you this much. If I pass by it again, I'm going to make sure I, I take the picture of it and post it on the page because, dude, it is amazing. Like, I mean, driving by, it, I mean, they they let you know what you just passed, too. So I got to put that out there for them. They let you know that it's right there, buddy. <laughs> you know? Can't they got it. a pair of boys. You can't miss it. You can't. If you miss it, you got, you got bad eyes, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you basically get paid to be a tourist, pretty much. Yep, pretty much. That's pretty much your job title. Uh, and I pretty much get paid to be a tour guide. So I understand, Nathan. We're in the same <laughs> field of work here, buddy. Yeah, uh, buddy. <laughs> you either love it or you hate it, man. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Brandon, uh, <laughs> man, just a fun-filled weekend next weekend. You got the Indianapolis 500 going on. You got NBA playoffs. You got tournaments galore around the country. Uh, all the – College baseball tournaments are getting cranked up. The following weekend, you got you got Omaha getting cranked up. Uh, man, I mean, this is a fun time of year. But uh, Memorial Day is going to be fun. Of course, we hope all of our four-star nation out there is safe on Memorial Day. We will be back again prior to Memorial Day. Just want to give you all a quick little shout-out. Once again, thank you to all of our fans that uh, listen and watch. Uh, we are 
trying to make this show bigger and better every week. Uh, we put a lot of time and effort into it, as well as our other uh, full-time jobs that we hold uh, as well. Uh, and once again, thank you to BA Masks. Uh, Alan McFerrin and company are amazing. Uh, BAMask.com, at BAMask on social media. I am Wes Pruitt. Nathan Wilson has been amazing tonight again. Brandon Bumgarner's just being Brandon Bumgarner, just doing Bumgarner things. Uh, <laughs> man, uh, it has been an amazing night. Thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, we will be back tomorrow night with Mitch Davis from the Mitch Davis Show podcast. Quick interview with him at 6.30. Thanks, guys.